All right, brothers, good morning. Good to see you guys. Glad you're here. Who, who here is uh, a morning person in the house? Just curious. My hand's going way up, so I love morning. Some of you guys, not so much, but we're here. Coffee's available. Glad to be with you guys uh, this morning. First Peter 3, if you have Bibles, we're heading to First Peter chapter 3. I'm going to pray for us, and then we will dive into what God has in developing an understanding way, which we'll see in verse 7 here in a moment. Let's pray together, and we will dive in. Father, we are grateful for this opportunity. We do not take it for granted. Lord, we, we recognize taking time out of our schedules to work on our marriages is a good and profoundly wonderful opportunity. So Lord, help us as we think through ways in which we as men can serve our wives well. Help us, Lord, to live with our wives in an understanding way, to know them, to care for them as, as vessels of honor, as people who are heirs of the grace of life. Lord, help us to be mindful and intentional and specific in the ways we can love our wives well. I pray this time would not be received as a, as a beatdown. That's not our intention. That this would be a time of building up and encouragement and growth together as men of God to pursue these things well. By your grace and for your glory we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So it's November now and we are, we are near the season of New Year's resolutions which comes often, well, every year. And uh, I, every year it's amazing to me how uh, I, I go to the Callen Athletic Center at Cedarville University to do workouts. I'm an early morning guy. I'm there early. The same people are there that time of day every single day. You know that, who they are, when they're going to come. But January hits, new semester hits, and man, that time of day, it's crowded and it's annoying. It's annoying because I'm like, I know you won't be here in two weeks. Get off my barbell. Let me do my thing, you know. But um, and sure enough, they're they're back at it mid-January. It's the routine people. Uh, actually, I looked up one site at least. Top ten goals for New Year's resolutions. This is what they said here at least. Number ten, read more. Number nine, travel more. Number eight, spend more time with family and friends. Number seven, quit smoking. Number six, save more money or spend less money. Those, those do coincide. Uh, number five, live life to the fullest, whatever that means. <laughs> right? Number four, learn a new skill or hobby. Number three, get organized. And, and number two and number one are very much related. Two is lose weight. One is exercise more. Connections there, yes. So here's why I'm saying that. Start us off today. This kind of a weekend can feel in some ways like January 1st. Oh man, we're here, we're gathered, and we're going to like dedicate to be this kind of husband and go do these things. I'm going to do these 27 things starting tomorrow. Here we go. And two weeks later, that can be difficult to maintain and, and upkeep. So I want to just encourage us again to say the grace of God is real. And God is calling us in community here at Gospel Grace Church to the slow burn of Christianity. And the reality is we're not going to change everything about ourselves as husbands overnight, but we can take next steps. We can see points of repentance and move forward in specific kinds of ways. So here, we're thinking through how do we genuinely and truly 
honor and love and care for our wives. And to remind us again, what, what's the real goal of marriage? Marriage is a picture of a permanent thing. Our marriages are temporary. The permanent reality is the Christ-church relationship. So the point of your marriage, guys, your role as a husband is to enhance the worship of your wife. That's what you're doing. You are aiming to enhance the worship of your wife toward God. If this thing called marriage is picturing the Christ church relationship, then right now our aim, our goal, our love toward our wives is aimed at they would be enhanced, not hindered, but enhanced in their ability to love and worship God. That's the call. That's a sobering call. I don't know about you, but I, I feel that and say, okay, God, help me. And he does. He does. He, he, guys, he loves desperate prayer. I'm telling you right now, the most frequent prayer I pray, marriage, parenting, work, church stuff, whatever, life, is two words long. Lord, help. That is the most frequent prayer I pray. He knows. I'm like, Lord, help. You know, just help, right? And in this husband thing, we need God's grace in this. So we need to be examples and loving leaders. That's the call. So a main idea I'd love to say to you guys this morning for this one verse you want to focus on, live with your wife in an understanding and upbuilding way. Again, live with your wife in an understanding and upbuilding way. That's the call on our lives. So 1 Peter 3, Rachel across the way is covering verses 1 to 6 this morning. I have one verse, but I have more beyond that, so it is what it is. But I'll just read all this so you guys can see this context here. Verse 1, likewise wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see their respectful and pure conduct. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, putting out gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy one who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children. If you do good and do not fear anything, that is frightening. Here we are. You ready? We get one whole verse. This, this is a big one. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So he's telling us here, a command, live with your wives in an understanding way. So the command is live with your wives in this kind of way, an understanding way. By doing that, you show honor to her. What is she? She's a work, weaker vessel. We'll say that more in a moment here. And also you show honor in that way because she's a fellow heir of the grace of life. She is not lesser than we are in God's eyes. She is an image bearer of God who is a recipient of God's grace in salvation. We treat her that way. And we do that with the purpose of we don't want our prayers to be hindered. 
that there are ways in which we could treat our wives where we're essentially we are um, stifling our ability to be heard by God in prayer. So the verse is saying there. It's just a serious thing. So Peter addressed wives, of course, in the first six verses, and now he's telling us, his husbands, live with your wife in a way that demonstrates I know my wife. I have an intimate knowledge of my wife. So to live with your wife in an understanding way means that you would study your wife. You would know her. You know details about her. One friend I know says this, get a PhD in your wife. So if you haven't gone there, it's okay. This means lots and lots of study, focus and attention on her. Know her, love her, bless her. Listen, Listen with intention. When she says things, ask questions of clarification. Like, now when you say this, do you mean this? I want to understand what you're saying. I want to know you. This is going to mean we take time to get to know our wives well. I just, I just sent to Will this morning. If you haven't seen it yet, brother, but I just sent to you this morning a, a document I use sometimes. It's called 100 Questions to Ask Your Spouse. If you're like me, I'm not like this question-generating guru, where it's like, oh, question 97 tonight for my wife. I, I, I need help. So this document I, I found a while back called 100 Questions to Ask Your Spouse. A good pastor put these out. And they're categorized like spiritual questions, uh, like just household questions, intimacy questions. They're good for me. On a date, I'm kind of like, uh, question 42. I'm very unoriginal, guys, okay? But guess what? It generates conversation. And she talks, and I'm like, oh, and I want to listen to what's going on. Which means, by the way, I frequent restaurants. We go on a date that don't have TVs everywhere. I, man, I'm, I'm just like, uh, everywhere. So I need to like focus on her. And so I need to have some space to do that well. So find a document with that, and uh, maybe we'll pass it along to you guys in that way. Observe her. Take note of details. Focus your attention on them. Make efforts to encourage her in those specific areas. Maybe there are areas of insecurity that you could then speak into with, with just words of affirmation and love in that way. Every wife you know, that you have in this room is, is just different in those ways, the needs that they have in that regard. So know them and love them specifically. Not generically, specifically is the call. So for example, I just jotted these down uh, a day or two ago on this. This is for, for me and Rachel. Um, for example, my wife loves it when things get done without her having to ask. That, man, that is, like for me or the kids, she's just like, oh, I am loved. And she just feels that deeply, right? That's her. She likes flowers, but she loves chocolate. That's my wife. I, I know. Um, she can fall asleep pretty much any time. And yes, we're getting sleep apnea checked uh, we're in the process of that issue right now. So that's just how she, even le- reading out loud to my kids sometimes, she will, it's crazy. Anyway, so how's that possible? But yeah, there it is. She says yes too often. She says yes too often out of usually Christ-like compassion. I can do that. I can do that. I'm like, actually, you, you can't. Like, and it's good that there's times when I help her to think through that well because she wants to love like everybody on planet Earth. She underestimates her ability to disciple young women. And I'm constantly saying, babe, 
They love you. They're so encouraged by you. I don't know. I want to encourage her in this, affirm her in this. And she needs those things. She, my wife, is ready to be led on mission and on sacrifice. So I better be ready to lead. She's like, if I said today, if I got done with this session, crossed the way, found her and said, you know what? Uh, During that session, I think you, me, and the kids, Madagascar, we had to go as missionaries. I don't even know if there's missions there. I don't know. Um, She's like, okay, that's her. She's like, let's go. Let's do. Let's move it. So I want to lead her well in those ways. That's a few things. I can say a lot of things about her to you that are like, okay, her favorite color is green, down to the very intimate details of our lives as a married couple. Do you know your wife? You can't live with her in an understanding way if you don't understand her. That's a call here very practically. Part of that too, this morning, just this morning, um, and this is a bit extreme for, for a date weekend coming out to Salt Lake City from Ohio, but I said to her, I'm like, we need to get some weekends away more often. This is good. I love having time with you. I love it because life gets busy. At this time, it's like, yeah, you good, I'm good, we're fine, and we just kind of move through life. I'm not going to understand her better without that time. It's going to be key. So he goes on to say in this verse here, um, to live in that way, honoring her as the weaker vessel. Let me say this, let me say something controversial this morning. Generally speaking, God made men stronger than women. Okay? Biology, chemistry, demonstrates this. Uh, That's why God calls us to be protectors and providers and leaders in the home, I think. We don't demean women in saying that. We affirm and honor them in saying that. I want to care for you, honor you, protect you, provide for you. We work, we defend, we initiate. Women are strong in various ways. And God's saying, yes, that's true. And I'm calling you as a husband to lead and take initiative and be on the offensive in these kinds of ways to care for and protect her. We see them this way again because the verse says they're to be treated this way as fellow heirs of the grace of life so that our prayer lives are not hindered. We see them as fellow heirs of the grace of life. We treat them not as uh, lower subjects. They are equals in the eyes of God in that way as saved being sanctified people. We want to pray for them, pray with them, honor them. So God says, yes, I see in your marriage the kind of posture that would lead me to say, I want to hear from you in your prayers. That's the call on our lives. So that being said, how do we, how we do that practically? Just, I gave some already, but some, some practical ways to show this understanding way with our wives and caring for them well. Turn to Philippians, just for a few passages here that I think are helpful to us in saying, how do we serve our wives well? How do we honor them well? How do we live with them in an understanding way? So Philippians 2. Let's go to Philippians 2, first of all. And in this passage, there's a call by Paul to the church in Philippi to be united strong, joy-filled together, pursuing the same thing. And then he goes on in verse 3. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also the interests of others. Have this mind on yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, 
That's to a church. And a church embodying that kind of mentality is mind-blowing and amazing and going to change a church in drastic and beautiful ways. I would say that also can apply to our marriages. So just, just to, to, to specify application here, you could say, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count your wife as more significant than yourself. Let each of you husbands look not only to your own interests, but also the interests of your wife. That's a very specific application there I think we can make. So, so first application would be loving service. How do we live in a, understand with our wife? Loving service. We lovingly serve them as we are able to do. I have a uh, retired three-star general on our, our campus, Lauren Reno, who I, I love and respect so much. Uh, and he has a, a favorite phrase, which is, seek to serve. When your wife says, could you do the dishes, and you do the dishes, that's good. That's serving. Seeking to serve is looking, eyes up, looking for ways in which you could serve your wife. How will you know how to serve her? You got to know her. As you understand her, you know these are ways I can serve her well. Seek to serve. Christ sought to serve. Matthew 20, 28. He didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Brothers, we give our lives to our wives. That's tomorrow's message in Ephesians 5. We give ourselves to them, not just even in death, but back from there in a variety of ways. We serve them. So what are specific ways we could serve our wives? Again, this is for me specific, but you think about this. My wife loves conversation especially when the kids were young, like really young, and she was home with the kids. She had like no adult conversation all day long. And I come home and say, how was your day? I'm like, that was good. That doesn't serve her. She actually, this may sound odd, and I find it somewhat odd, uh, but she is served by me telling her about details of my day. I'm like, it was a pretty boring day for me, like in some ways, but here's this, that, the other, the other. And she's like, she loves that. I'm like, okay. So like every day now we get some time away from the kids, just talk through some of those things. She really enjoys that. She's a words of affirmation person, man. And I, I am naturally a critic. I am. And PhDs don't help. Right, Lucas? Like, it makes you like, think critically and you're always like analyzing things. And she doesn't enjoy being analyzed all the time. She enjoys being properly and rightly affirmed, as she should be. She, again, loves seeing things done without being asked. She loves that. So I need to think through, what are specific ways I can affirm her for her growth in godliness? What are ways I can serve her that would lend themselves toward her being able to worship God more fully? That's the call on my life to think through. How can I serve her? Is it dishes? Is it laundry? Is it birthday details? I'm just telling you, in my house, if her birthday comes on January 23rd and I have not found the birthday banner that says happy birthday and hung that in a certain place in our house, she would wake up, she would come out, and she'd be crushed. It's like, what's a dumb, small thing? Not to her. It's a way of saying, like, it's your birthday, here's this, we're celebrating. She loves those things. 
loves those things. So you try to know, like, what's going on there. Uh, and by the way, say this. Um, every Christian is all about serving until you get treated like a servant. We, we use the servant talk all the time, and then sometimes you get treated like a servant by your spouse. And it's like, oh, they didn't notice, they didn't say, oh, thank you so much. Like, why even do that? Because the Bible. <laughs> right? Because the Lord says it is just good to serve your wife. Know her, understand her, and give service toward her. I was at a camp two summers ago, uh, speaking there, senior hires, middle schoolers, and um, they were short on their high school staff. A lot were gone to a conference. And like first meal we noticed, uh, they were short on people serving food at mealtime. So Rachel and I ate really fast and hopped into the line to help serve food. No one asked us to, we just hopped in, wanted to serve in that way. And it's funny, man, you do that. And we actually, every meal we did that. And after a time, you're kind of like, you can get prideful about your humble service. You ever had this? So I'm like, I'm the camp speaker, and here I am doing this. And, and it, man, after a while, kids start treating you like a servant. Right? They're like, give me that. Please. You know, thank you. No. Okay, okay, bye. Have a good day. And after a while, enough of that, I was kind of like, I had thoughts of like, do you know who I am? <laughs> and, of course, if I asked that question, they'd be like, no, and I don't care who you are, right? Um, you're nobody. True, there. So uh, sometimes when we serve in the church, in our homes, it's not going to be noticed. It's not going to be thanked. It's not going to be appreciated. Guess what? Keep serving. Keep serving. By God's grace, love well, serve well, understand well, and do those things. So maybe in your booklet, you could jot down some specific ways that you could be of service to your wife. Maybe you jot down even some, some things you say, I, I know this about my wife. I understand this about my wife. I want to then serve her in these kinds of ways. Maybe you already are and want to continue that. Maybe even some new ways that could be the case. Later on, another one here, cheerful humility. So loving service, what's another way I could enact this understanding way Peter's talking about. How about cheerful humility? This is chapter 2, verse 19 to 30. You have two guys here, Timothy and Epaphroditus, who are just serving. Verse 20, there's, here's Timothy, verse 19. I have no one like him, verse 20, who will be generally concerned for your welfare, for they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth, how is the son of the fathers served with me in the gospel? And then Epaphroditus, in verses 25 to 30, here's a guy who's serving so much, he came near to the point of death. Right? He was doing ministering for people. These guys are cheerfully humble in their serving and their caring for others. And God may be asking you guys or me to like suffer in our health or our life, though he may, but he is calling us to joyfully, cheerfully, humbly serve and minister to our wives. So here's a question. When sacrifice is involved, are we cheerful and humble? These guys are exuding in this text here, Tim Epaphroditus, humility, cheer. They, they, they are doing this with joy. 
So when sacrifice is asked of us, are we engaging in that kind of work with cheer and with humility? There are times my wife asks me to do something or just engages me in conversation and I can feel totally annoyed by the request or the conversation. Not, not long ago, my kids are both now in high school. So they both do student ministry at the same time. They're gone at the same time. So she uh, dropped them off one night at student ministry, came home. I'm reading a book. I enjoy reading. I'm reading a book. It's Sunday evening. I'm, I'm very happy. Monday's coming. I'm just reading, mine and my own. And on the couch, she pulls in, comes in, big smile on her face, sits down uh, next to me on the couch and says, so what do you want to do? Because like, that's a new reality now. Kid, kids are gone for a couple hours. That's new. Uh, and so we have time for you and I. And I, I was annoyed. Because I'm like, I haven't thought this through. I'm a planner. I'm not a spontaneous guy, like, at all. Uh, and so I'm like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea. And I'm, I'm, I'm now venting annoyance toward her because she just wants some time. She just wants to enjoy some time together. That didn't go well. So, uh, you know, like we, we, we had a, you ever had this too? Like you're, you're talking through stuff. You have that kind of conversation. You know, like, you have like the meta conversation of like, well, if you just approach it this way and not that way, that'd be helpful next time around. And it's like, my goodness, stop overthinking it. Just live, you know? So that's just my life. Uh, so she, she's really, really gracious. I just wanted to read. Anyway, um, so I know. But there's the idea of saying, it's a small example, but saying like in this moment, that's not even like a big sacrifice, but say, okay, lay that aside, think through with her. What can we do right now? How can we enjoy some time together? Be cheerful, be humble, serve, look. So pursue, guys, joyful humility in service of your wife. No one enjoys a servant that's doing so with drudgery. <laughs> or like, got that done for you, right? Just, yeah, be, be mindful of that, be careful with that. Your, your wife could also be just one of those that she has like tunnel vision, she's task driven, doesn't always notice all things around her that you're doing at times. Just keep serving. That's how I am. I'm a tunnel vision, like go, very present tense kind of person. My wife is so gracious with me. There are days, like just, just a trim, by the way, not, not a major thing, but a trim. She'll say to me, like, do you like my haircut? Because there's no way in a million years I would ever notice. I'm like, you're so kind to me. Yes, it's gorgeous, you know. If she did this up here, I'd be like, I'd, I would notice that. But um, she changes the, uh, the front porch decor. It's like, you know, I mean, it was summer stuff. Now it's a pumpkin. Like, ah, that is not registering. It's not registering. I'm just telling you, it's not registering. I'm just like, go all the time, you know. And she's like, hey, pumpkin. I get pumpkins. It's fall. All right. So at times, we'll be like that. They'll be like that. Regardless, if they're effusive in their, oh, thank you so much for doing this, or just like nothing, we just keep serving. We do it with cheer and joy because we do it for the Lord, ultimately. And we're doing it to enhance her worship of the Lord. One last one I would say is, is, is just patient influence. So it's loving service, cheerful humility, patient influence. This is Philippians 4. Uh, verse 8, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, 
whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And what you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So loving service, cheerful humility, patient influence. There's times you want to serve your wife and understand her and say, you know what, there are times I'd love to help my wife move more in this direction than in that direction. There are ways you see, man, growth can occur in her. I want to love her well, serve her well, influence over time, her toward godly ends. So manipulation and control are not the goal, nor is passivity and lack of effort. Those are not the pathways. We want to lovingly lead and patiently influence. And we can patiently influence by, by thinking on right things. Think on what's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent, worthy of praise. Think on those things. As you think on those things, it will help you to survey your marriage and say, I see ways we can patiently but intentionally step in this direction to worship God all the more. We can, we can influence them by being an example. We've learned and received and heard and seen to me practice these things. Guys, we want to model for our wives what it means to follow Christ. We want to say as leaders in our homes, at some level, what Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Now those can be intimidating words, can't they? But just to say, as, as God grants grace and you're following Christ in various specific ways, encourage your wife toward that modeling for her to go in that same kind of direction. I say all this, guys, because I've talked to a lot of men in my lifetime. I've pastored a lot of men. I minister to a lot of men on, on campus at Cedarville. I meet with a lot of guys at various points. I've done men's conferences at camps and at churches. Uh, I've done a variety of these kinds of settings. And I, I've had so many times, so many times, when I say these things, encourage guys to say, take initiative, take initiative. Let one of your favorite word be let's, L-E-T apostrophe S. Take initiative to lead, to love in these ways, to lovingly influence all this. And guys come up and say, man, Jeremy, I appreciate that. I love that. I'm about that. But like, She's further down the road spiritually than I am. It feels awkward to try to lead her spiritually. I've never really prayed with her. I don't like lead Bible time with her or my family. And I don't know what to do. She's just beyond me in these ways. I've had so many of those conversations. And I want to tell you guys, like, man, it feels weird to try to lead my life spiritually. I want to just tell you, I, I get it. I do. I know there's times... It can feel strange and odd and, and just not ordinary. But I do want to tell you this. It's God-ordained. It's God-ordained. Like God, God designed you to be the leader in your home spiritually. He designed you to do that. So here's what I'd say. Start where you are and grow. Start where you are and grow. I had a guy when I pastored in Akron years ago. Uh, man, this guy was an iron worker. He was a stud, just a strong, huge man. He would shake your hand and like try to crush it every time, that kind of a guy, you know. And uh, he said this, this very thing, I can't do it. I don't know. I'm not very spiritually mature. I don't know the Bible very well. I said, Jay, his name was Jay. My Jay, could you, if I, if I buy you this book, 
um, called the Family Worship Guide. Um, could, could you read like a paragraph with your family from like maybe this book of the Bible and then just maybe ask them if they have any thoughts about the passage, read this commentary to them on that paragraph and then pray. It might take five minutes. What, what do you think about that? Well, I, I could do that. I, so often we don't do because we don't plan. We just don't work out like, what am I going to do? Think. Guys, you probably plan a lot about your work. So think now, how will I lead my family spiritually? If you're like, man, I'm, I'm back here somewhere, then go to, you know, Philippians or Ephesians or Colossians or a book like that. Or, or go to the books being preached in church right now and read a paragraph. Family worship guide, you can use something like that. There's a lot of resources out there. Read that commentary. Pray. And just lead, take initiative that way and let it grow over time. You, get in the word. Grow, grow, grow. And as you grow, you can help lead your family more effectively. This happens over time in community. It's a beautiful thing. So take, take that as seriously as your most treasured hobby. More seriously. And the cool thing is, there is such joy in that. So... Um, Maybe you could use something like New Morning Mercies by Paul Tripp as a one-page devotional for every day of the year. Maybe you'd say, hey, honey, uh, I want to just read this for us. There's a passage at the bottom you could go to as well and read. And then I just want to take 30 seconds and pray. And that's your starting point. You can do more than that, obviously. But New Morning Mercies, Paul Tripp, it's a great little book to use in that way as well. Then just do that. Every evening, pretty much, our family gathers for a family Bible time, we call it. And we do a variety of things there. Uh, talk more about that if you want to sometime individually. But we, we enjoy doing those things. But as we think through patient influence, patient influence comes from here's the vision. Here's the steps I could take to do some of these things in my family with my wife. And then get some guys here and say, hey, I'm going to try to do this. Will you please like, help me, hold me accountable, pray for me, encourage me. I'll bet you they will. That's the beautiful thing about community. So I try to as well. I, I come across an article or a podcast. Like I try to text it to Rachel and say, ooh, good article. Check that out. Or, ooh, hey, podcast. Cool. Check that out. And at times she's like, okay, enough. You sent 10 in the last two days. Uh, sorry. Sorry. But just saying like, hey, helpful maybe. Some thoughts there. So, guys, we want to live with our wives in an understanding way. We want to treat them as fellow heirs of the grace of life. We do it through loving service, cheerful humility, patient influence, and just think of ways to say, I could take strategic steps forward in serving them well, leading them well, caring for them well, and I can do this here. I'm not alone. I have brothers here who want to do this with me and help me to walk in godliness in these ways. So, just wait to think through that together. Even now, I'll pray. We're going to break. I even encourage you as we break. You can talk about a variety of things on a Saturday morning today. But we just say, talk through some of those concepts even right now before the next session with some guys around you. And just say, man, I'm doing this right now, but I'd love to try to do this in a different way. Or I want to pursue service this way. And encourage each other. Get ideas from each other. Help each other out. It's a great way to think through moving forward in those ways. So I'll pray. We have like 12 minutes until the next slot going forward. And so just take some time to get some, get some more coffee, some snacks, 
but just converse about some of these matters and think through how can we pursue this and how can we do it together to help one another well. Let's pray. Father, as we think of those things, I pray that you would be honored in our efforts. God, you know we fall short in so many ways. We want to live in ways that would please you, show that you are great and glorious, so help us and help us to help one another to love our wives well, to live with them in an understanding way. In all the, the various quirks and patterns and habits that are there in us and in them, Lord, I pray as, as we are sinners who have said I do, that we would honor our vows and we would love as Christ loved. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.